Hey guys, if you're a part of the North Place family, you kind of know how this fits. We're calling this bonus material. If you're seeing this floating around somewhere on the internet or somebody shared a page, let me give you a little context. Uh, in the sanctuary of North Place for several Sundays in April, we're in a series we're calling Crescendo. Um, it's, it's a series about dreaming, it's dream, how to live life in crescendo. And crescendo is a musical term where you have this slow build to this 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 climactic you know peak of the song and then the diminuendo is the decline and for far too many of us because of failures disappointments you know we're getting older whatever we're living our lives in decline when as any anybody that ought to be living their lives in hopeful crescendo it ought to be people who believe in the Jesus of the empty tomb and yet far too many of us are living our lives in decline we're living in diminuendo one of the ways to stop that is to discover God's dream for your life and so we've been speaking on that and 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 I don't I have far more material to share than what I can get in on the Sunday morning services so we've created this outlet for some bonus material um, and then Week one of the series, we talked about the necessity of a dream, and I got to about six points in the message and then had to finish in the bonus. This is different today because this is material I'm not even going to get to. Um, the second week of this series was the struggle for the dream, and we're talking about the headwinds you face, the delays, the discouragement, because no dream happens overnight, and you're going to face those as you pursue a dream. But I, I want to to answer a question so many of you asked me after week one, um, the question like, how do I discover God's dream for in my life? I had people in their 50s reach out and say, I used to be a dreamer, but life happened. And now how do I start dreaming again in my late 50s? And I've had people that are new believers say, how do I, how do I go about discovering God's dream for my life? And so let me just, I want to practically answer that. And, and for those of you, just for context, we could insert the word plans, okay? God's vision, God's plans, God's purposes, God's will. But we're in a dream series trying to help people dream again. So we're using that word dream and we could change that for God's purpose, God's plan, God's will, okay? God's desires for your life, okay? But we're using God's dream on purpose. So Here's what I'm going to do. Instead of reinventing the wheel, I'm going to give you something that has helped me on the journey. Okay, Pastor Rick Warren has come up with an acrostic for the word dream, D-R-E-A-M, and every letter stands for a phase or a step that you can go through to figure it out, you know, discover the dream. So let me just start with D, all right? First, step one, dedicate your life to God. Okay, and I know that sounds really simple, but you got to come to the point, if you really want to know God's will, His dream for your life, you have to do whatever God wants you to do. you got to be willing and committed and decide that you're going to serve Him and do whatever He wants you to do even before you know what that is. You can't say, God, tell me what you want me to do and then decide whether it's a yes or no. This is why we call it surrender. You surrender to His Lordship. And in that surrender, then God starts revealing to you exactly how He wants to use your life. Paul said this in Romans 12, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing. This is your true and proper worship. So be dedicated to God. Offer yourself. Surrender yourself as a living sacrifice, 
Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. All right? Dedicate yourself to God. And that happens by not conforming to the culture and the world, but being, by being transformed by the power of God in your life. Okay? When you do that, this is what he says, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. That's how you discover God's will, His dream for your life. His dream, he said, is good, pleasing, and perfect. The good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Paul is saying, if you're willing to surrender and dedicate your life to God as a living sacrifice, then you're going to discover His will. You have to dedicate every part of you, your time, your talent, your treasure, your past, your present, your future. All of you has to be surrendered to Him and His purposes. So you sacrifice your agenda for His. You're releasing control of your life to God. Now, here's what you're going to find uh, in this passage on this journey. Notice the use of the word conform and transform, okay, in verse 2. Conform and transform. To conform means to fit something into a mold. To transform means to change something from the inside out. And there's a huge difference between those two words. God wants to transform you from the inside out by changing the way you think about Him, the way you think about yourself, the way you think about life, the way you think about the world around you. The number one reason people miss God's dream for their life is because they're trying to fit in. They're trying to fit into some mold. They're trying to conform either to the culture, the world, or what somebody else said their life was supposed to be. They become a carbon copy of somebody else instead of being the person God created them to be. If you're serious about figuring out God's dream for your life, you got to decide to be transformed by God rather than being conformed to the culture. Now, the, notice the last phrase in Romans 12, 2 is this. Paul says, God's will is good, pleasing, and perfect. Okay, The word perfect in the Greek literally means fitting. God's will is fitting. In other words, when you fully dedicate your life to God, when your life comes into alignment with what, what God wants, it fits. It's perfect. Your life becomes all that you want it to be, all that it could be, all that it should be, because you are becoming exactly what you were created to be when you're dedicated and surrendered to Him. In Acts 20, 24, Paul says this, But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. Have you dedicated your life to God at that level? Are you pursuing Him and His will by faith with every fiber of your being? That's the starting point to discovering the dream. Dedicate yourself to God entirely, fully. Number two, the R in dream stands for reserve time alone with God. If you want to hear God's voice, you got to silence the noise in the outside world. When God spoke to the prophet Elijah in 1 Kings 19, for those of you that are in our year-long Bible reading plan, we haven't long ago read that passage. And you'll remember that God wasn't in the noise of the earthquake and He wasn't in the noise of the wind. He came in a still small voice, the King James says. Other versions say He came in a whisper. It was the soft voice of God. And I think many of us have a hard time discerning God's will, His plans, His purposes 
because we have so much noise. Church noise, religious noise, the noise of our life, the noise of our world. There's all this noise pollution and we miss God's whispers. I tell people all the time, God's voice in your life are like radio frequencies. Like right now in this room, they're AM, XM, FM, all kinds of radio frequencies. But if I don't have the right equipment, I never hear them. And we never hear His voice because it's polluted by all the noise in our life. And we have to get serious enough about discovering God's will for our life that we set aside segmented, concentrated, intentional time and we silence the noise. Turn off the TV. Unplug from your devices. Get alone with God. Psalm 46.10, that famous psalm says, Be still and know that I am God. There is a spiritual discipline to silence and solitude. God has always spoken to people and given direction to people who take time to be still and listen. So let me ask you a question. If you are genuinely serious about knowing God and His will and His dream in this season of your life, when's the last time you paused your life for a long segmented of time Segment of time long enough to listen and hear God's voice. Look, I'm going to encourage you to do it regularly. It is a regular habit of my life. Set aside an entire day or set aside a morning every quarter of your life to do nothing but read the Scripture, to pray, and to write down what you feel like God is saying to your life. As simple as that sounds... And as odd as it may be to spend that much time, you'll never fully discover God's dream for your life just having 10 or 15 minutes of quiet time every day. That's a start. But if you really want to discover God's dream for your life, you've got to set aside time, intentional segments where you pray and you listen. Communication is not one way. You've got to listen and then you start writing down what you sense God is giving you in your life. All right. The E in dream stands for evaluate your abilities. And this is important. You discover God's will for your life by looking at how He made you. He gave you talents, abilities, experiences, spiritual gifts, and personality traits that He didn't give to anybody else. And these things are clues to the direction that God wants you to go with your life. I mean, why would God give you all these unique things if He didn't intend to use them to fulfill the dream He's put in your heart? That would be a waste. The Apostle Peter says this in 1 Peter 4.10, God has given each of you some special abilities. Be sure to use them to help each other. And then the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 2 says it this way, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things He has planned for us long ago. The Greek word for masterpiece here is literally where we get the word poem. You know what that means? It means there is a rhyme and reason to your life. And when you live your life in alignment with God's purposes and His plans, your life becomes a masterpiece. Your life becomes a message that God meant to be sent to other people. You are a unique work of art by the master artist. There's nobody else in this world just like you. So you are custom made for a specific purpose, and your life is the most fulfilled when you're being the person that God meant for you to be, the unique you that He called you to be. So to help you get started on that discovery phase, let me give you some key questions that, that, um, that will help you. And let me just say this. I'm, I'm, if you got something to write or 
You can go back and pause this video and write these down. These are important. I would encourage you, if you've never set aside a segment of time, like three hours, like nine to noon, go to a quiet library somewhere, find a quiet place with your Bible, your notepad, answer these questions, okay? This will be a great beginning in discovering God's dream for your life. What do I do well? What do I love to do? What am I passionate about? What energizes me and gives me life? What do other people say I do well? What skills come naturally to me? What have been my most successful achievements? And once you've answered all that, ask this question. How can God use these abilities in my life for His purposes? Now those sound like simple questions, but you would be shocked if you leaned in and answered those things and took some time to do it well, how much the Holy Spirit will use that to give direction to the next season of your life. Here's the way I did it. At the end of my mid to late 30s, knowing I was trying to get ready for the last half of my life, I did this, but the way I've done it is unique to me. I took some ideas from other people, and I created a process. I call it GP3, okay? It's um, three Ps, your past, your pain, and your passions, combined with your gifts, and that's where these questions come from, from those four circles. So imagine... I don't have the graph in front of me and I teach all this in a whole nother place. I'm not going to do it today. But imagine you wrote four circles on a page. Your gift circle, your past circle, your pain circle, and your passion circle. And you spent one of those mornings or one of those days alone with God legitimately answering, what are my gifts? You know, what comes in easy to me? What is natural to me that I do well? And then what is my past? Where did I come from? What kind of family did I grow up in? What was the zip code? What was that town like? Was it urban? Was it rural? Because that, God's sovereignty in those things are shaping you for your future and your dreams. So your gifts, your past, your pain. What has caused you the greatest amount of pain in your life? I tell people, God is frugal. I call Him Jehovah frugal. He doesn't waste pain. He redeems pain like He did Joseph. He uses it. So your pain is often an indicator of the problems that God has put you on this earth to solve. He's going to redeem your pain. Okay, So you need to figure out what has been the greatest tragedy and source of pain in your life because God's going to redeem that to help other people. And then what are your passions? What makes you laugh? What makes you cry? What keeps you up at night? Okay. Uh, what are your passions? If you can spend some time answering those things, that's key. But here's what I did. Imagine pushing all four of those circles together until they all overlap. Find the area of life where the concentric circles all overlap and you can be in all four circles at the same time. I call that the sweet spot of life. I'm living today in the sweet spot of my life, expending my energies where those four circles, my gifts, my past, my pain, and my passions, all overlap. And it's the most fulfilling season of life I've ever been in. And I didn't get here overnight. Um, it has been a lifelong journey of pursuing the dream, but you can begin that today. It just takes some work. You don't stumble into knowing God's dream for your life. You, just, you have to work at discovering it um, just like anything else. You budget money. You budget time, you got to budget the gifts and the talents that God has put into your life. Okay, Number four, the A in dream stands for associate with other godly dreamers. You got to spend time with people who want what you want, who are trying to figure out God's dream for their life too. Let me just say this. There's no such thing as a neutral friend in your life. Okay, Everybody is going to either make a deposit in your life 
or they're going to make a withdrawal from your life. There are no neutral friends. So if you spend too much time in your life hanging around people that make withdrawals from your life, then you're going to be emotionally bankrupt. And one of the reasons people have a hard time discovering God's dream for their life is they spend too much time with negative people. Discouragement is just as contagious as a dream. They are both contagious. Nobody's neutral in your life. So if you're having a hard time discovering God's dream for your life, you're going to have to get around the people who are making deposits, who are giving you the contagion of faith and possibility and, and to help you live in hopeful crescendo of what God might want to do in your life. Get inspired by the dreams of other dreamers. And that's why I love going to the local church, a church that is built on faith, because I get around other people that help me dream my dreams and their dreams inspire me to dream. If you don't have access to that, read the books of other dreamers. Find somebody doing something like you want to do in the world. Learn about their story. Let it inspire you. Go hear them speak. Read the biographies about their life and let it encourage you. And finally, the M in dream stands for make your dream public. Okay, So first you have to visualize the dream. you got to see it. But then you got to verbalize your dream. you got to say it. And this is what people never do. I almost miss God's dream and plan for my life because I was afraid to go public with it because the minute you go public with it, people are going to hold you accountable. And that's one of the reasons why you got to say the dream out loud. What I'm telling you isn't just a theory. It, it's true. I can tell you at the church here that I pastor, I actually read some excerpts of the dream statement that I wrote 18 years ago when I first became the pastor here. They were audacious Every one of those things have come true. People left the church when I read that dream statement out loud because I was young and dumb and naive and innocent, so they said. And I was so full of faith, and I believe God had shown me where He wanted this church to go. And now here we are 18 years later, and God has done more than I wrote on that piece of paper. But I believe it started with me saying it out loud in faith that I believe this is what God wanted to do. I remember in 08, 09, I preached a series on dreams early on. And one Saturday night, I was getting up to preach. And the Lord said, He convicted me about being hypocritical. Because Haley and I had held a dream in our hearts for a long time of running a camp for abused kids. I'm an abused child and survivor of childhood sexual abuse. And we'd always had this dream of having a place to serve these brokenhearted kids. And He said, you can't with integrity, preach this series, encourage people to chase their dreams if you're not going to talk about your own. So late that Saturday night, I made the decision to talk about a dream I had held in my heart privately for 20 years, never told anybody, just Haley and I. I said it out loud in church that Sunday. And I can't tell you, I went home and like, I just messed up. I should have not done that. I broke out in a cold sweat. That, that should have never happened. I should have been quiet. But I'm glad I didn't. Because, you know what happened when I, when I stated that dream? People came out of the woodwork public, I mean, uh, publicly to me. Right? That day in the services and emails and coming by the office, people that said, nobody ever knew this, but I was abused like you when I was a child, and I want to be a part of that dream. It attracted other people to my dream that helped make that dream become a reality. Haley and I run a ranch today for abused and neglected children. And I don't believe this would have, would have happened or have been a reality had I not stood up and publicly declared the dream. 
So let me just give you three reasons why publicly stating your dream is important. It's the catalyst to get your dream started because the moment you say it, people are going to know. They're going to hold you accountable. Two, it attracts other people's support. There are going to be people you didn't even expect that are going to come alongside you to help make the dream a reality. And third, it releases God's power in faith. When I, when I said it, as scared as I was in doing it, it was like Peter getting out of the boat. And we always criticize him because he sank, but he's the only one other than Jesus to ever walk on water. Okay? And so the possibilities here will never happen if you don't have faith enough to declare what God has put in your heart. 1 Thessalonians 4.24 says this, God will make this happen for he who calls you is faithful. That's a promise you can build your life and your dream on. So start dreaming. Dedicate your life to God. Reserve time alone with God. Evaluate your abilities. Associate with other godly dreamers. And make your dream public. And so let me just challenge you. Go dream God's dream for your life.